right. So today we're uh, we're kicking off a family series. Hey. Hey. Building strong households. And, um, you know, when you just hear from the man, it's one-sided. You know, you've got to hear it from the lady's side, too. And so, um, you know, Misty and I always have fun doing this. It's going to be very comical. And uh, <laughs> I'm kind of scared. I don't know what she's going to say. <laughs> but it'll be fantastic. I had a song in my head, but I don't remember how it goes. So Does, I'm going to not do it. Not sing it, babe. You ain't ready for all this something. Jelly? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, let's pray. <laughs> uh, uh, Father, we thank you today that as we share from your word, God, and we share practical life experience, and we share wisdom, Lord, I thank you that you're going to build strong households, God. You're going to build strong families. That we're going to be on a solid foundation, Lord. And that no matter what storm blows, we will stand strong and will always be blessed, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that where there are cracks in the foundation, that you'll bring restoration. Uh, foundations that are wrong, remove them, God, and put new foundations in place. Father, I thank you that this house will only know increase on every side. And we will only live in your blessing and abundance, Lord God. I thank you that from this day forward... Huh, every household in this place will see the goodness of God in greater dimensions than ever before. In Jesus' mighty name. name. Amen. Amen. So if we're going to start with families building solid foundations, we need to start in the book of Genesis. And if you'll open your Bible with me. Okay. No, you'll need yours. Go to the book of Genesis. And I'm going to start a little bit in Genesis chapter 2, and then we'll read into Genesis, sorry, Genesis chapter 1, and then into Genesis chapter 2. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, God has made everything. He's, you know, made the heavens, He's made the earth, He's separated water and land, He's separated, created sky, He's created birds, He's created vegetation, He's created everything. And then in verse 24, God says, uh, Let the earth produce all sorts of animals, producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, wild animals. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals that produce offspring after its kind. Say, everything God creates reproduces after its own kind. Then God said in verse 26, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a human being. You were created by God and you were made in the image and the likeness of God. Right. This is very important to settle your identity. You know, you don't come from the animal species. You don't, you don't come out of nothing. You come out of God. You are a spirit being made in the image of God, and you, we are children of the Most High God. That is a very important foundation that you need to establish. And anything outside of that foundation, you have to remove from your thinking. 
evolution doesn't work here because God reproduces after its kind, right? And so it's important for you to settle this. Look at the person next to you say, this is settled. The Word of God says that I come from God, and that settles it. Say, we're children of the Most High God. Then it says here that they will reign over the fish. So God created you to rule. God created you to have rulership over His creation. Look at somebody next to you and tell them you were created in the image and likeness of God. And you were created to have rulership and dominion. So we're here to rule over the earth. God has given us the earth to manage for Him. Then in verse 27 it says, God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God He created them male and female. Super important to know in our day and age, because the world tends to think there's more than two genders. But unfortunately, according to the Word of God, there are only two. And you have to make a decision. Am I building my life on what people in the world say, or am I building my life on what God says? And if your loyalty is divided between God and the world, you'll be unstable in everything you do. Right? And so God created us with dominion. God created male and female, right? So girls, guys, the girls aren't from, from Mars or Venus, wherever they come from. They come from heaven, from the Lord. Verse 28, then the Lord God blessed them. Say, we're blessed. And he made them, he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, animals and everything that scurries along the ground. So I want you to know that you were created to have rulership. You were, to cre you were created as a child of the Most High God with authority. Amen. So you're not supposed to live under circumstances. You're supposed to walk on your circumstances. Amen. Say, I have authority here on the earth. Say, I'm blessed. Say, the Lord has blessed me. And then it says that the Lord wants you to be fruitful and multiply. That means God wants His kind to reproduce and fill the earth with more of God's children. The earth is filled with human beings that are made in the image and the likeness of God. That was God's plan all along, was to have the earth filled with more of His kids, right? And so it's important to know the foundations that we need to build on. And we've got to get our foundations from the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 2, it says, When the Lord God made the earth, the heavens and the earth, uh, and the heavens, neither the wild plants or grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered the land, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there He placed the man He had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, He placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and dividing it into four branches. 
The first branch called the Pison flowed around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. Everybody say gold. The gold of that land was exceptionally pure aromatic resin and onyx stones are also found there. The second branch called the Gihon flowed around the entire land of Cush. And the third branch, the Tigris, flowed in the east of the land of Ashur. And the fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Say job. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of the tree in the garden, from every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took one of of his ribs, of the man's ribs, closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. And at last the man exclaimed, Woo, man! This one is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they had no shame or felt no shame. And so there's a lot in there. I mean, we could go weeks just talking about everything that's packed into that passage of Scripture. But this is what I want to give you. Right. Number one, look at somebody and say, number one, God gave man identity. You can write that down. All right. If we want to build on a solid foundation, our identity, number one, needs to be in God. Number two, God put man in his presence. When God created man, he gave him his identity. You are my son. You are my offspring. And you have access to my presence. That means man had access to God's presence. He had communication and he had open relationship with God. There was nothing separating man from having a relationship with the one who made him, his father. Number three, God gave man his purpose through his work. So if we want to have a right foundation in our lives, number one, we need to know that we're made in the image of God. Number two, we got to have access to the presence of God and have relationship with God. And from that relationship, we'll discover our work and our purpose in life. God has given us the earth to manage and watch over. So God has an assignment for you to do something here for Him to manage and steward what He has given us to build and to do. Amen? Say work. Number four, God gave man his law. He said, you may eat from every fruit, from every tree except. So God started giving him commands, do's and don'ts. God gave law. And then God gave man choice. He explained the consequences. He said, if you will obey me, you'll have life. You'll be blessed. If you disobey me, then you'll have death. So God gave man law, 
Then he told man the consequences for breaking the law, but he gave man the choice. So each and every one of us have to make the choice if we're going to obey God or not. It's not something God is going to force us to do, right? And so that is the foundation that you need in your life. And we're not really going to get into marriage today, but I will say this, is that once man had those things in order, he was ready for the woman in his life. And so I really want to encourage ladies that are single, if you're looking for a man, make sure that this man has these foundations in his life, right? Because when God creates, when God wants to do something, uh, he, he, he creates the man first. He says, these are the foundations that you need to have. And if you'll have these foundations, then you're ready for the woman because you'll pass those foundations on to her. And if she has those foundations, then they will pass them on to their children. Are you with me? Because if the man refuses to obey God, then the wife will not submit to her husband and the children will not submit to any form of authority. And that's what a house divided against itself looks like. And it cannot stand. Right? So it's very important. These are the foundations. Why? Because every person in the household needs to have these foundations laid in them. Every person needs to know their identity in God. Every person needs to have a relationship with the Lord and open communication with the Lord. Every person from that relationship will discover their purpose and their work in life. And every person has to make the decision that they're going to live according to the commands and the laws of God. Knowing that there are consequences for the decisions they make. Amen. And so... We want to make sure that our homes and our lives, we want to make sure our homes are built on a solid foundation, but our lives have to be on the right foundation individually first. Can you say amen? I'm going to say one more thing and then I'll let you speak. Are you sure? All right, keep going. So. I'm your helper. You are. Yeah. You're a beautiful helper too. Whatever is needed. Yeah. See. You know, you, know, you know why women look better than men, are better looking than men? Because men were made from dirt. Women were made from bone. Twice refined dirt. That's right. Sugars and spices and everything nice. <laughs> All right. That wasn't what I was going to say, but, but I'm going to carry it. It must have been where that came from. <laughs> yeah, probably. So... Every product has a manual, right? If you go down to the dealership and you buy a vehicle, it's going to come with an operator's manual. It's going to come with a book that explains that vehicle to you, right? It'll explain to you that when the manufacturer made that vehicle, what he intended for that vehicle to do and not do. When he he created that vehicle, he put every part in there. He knows where all the parts go. And he has replacement parts for the vehicle in case a part breaks down. Is this true? That manufacturer understands the software that operates that vehicle. And if ever there's a malfunction in the software, he has the ability to restore that software so that it functions normally. Yeah. Right? And so what we need to understand is that when God created us, he didn't just create us. He gave us a manual of operation. And the Bible is the Word of God that explains who we are, how we're supposed to operate, when we're broken, how to get fixed. 
This has the standard in it that if you will operate this way, you will get the most out of your life. But if you refuse to obey the owner's manual, you will destroy your own life through negligence and foolishness. God explains how you're supposed to treat your wife, how you're supposed to treat your children, how, what you're supposed to do at work. Uh, he, he explains how to get the body fixed. If it breaks, he's got healing available to you. If your soul gets ripped in half, you know, your heart gets broken, he has the ability to mend your heart again. And so if we're going to build a solid foundation, then we have to build it on the teachings and the principles found in the Word of God. And as a husband and a wife in the household, you have to have a standard that you make decisions by. It can't be what mom and dad did. It can't be what Hollywood's doing. It can't be what they're doing in another nation. You have to build your life on what God has ordained as a solid foundation for our lives. Amen? And so if you, if you have a question about something and... The wife says, well, I think we should do it this way. And the man says, well, I think it should be done this way. Well, you can go together and say, well, how does God want us to do it? And then you can look in the Word of God and you can get wisdom from the Lord on the way the Lord wants you to do it so that you will have success in everything that you do. Amen. So you have to make a commitment personally and as a household that this becomes the standard that you judge everything by. You want to read that Amen. scripture? Yes. Matthew 7 is where we're going to go. Building a solid foundation. Verse 24. And that's so good. So we have to become solid individual. So that way, when you're looking for your spouse, then you, you uh, connect over purpose. What God, the plan that God has for you on earth together. Right? So now there's unity, and I'm solid with him. I'm solid without him. But together, anything we agree on shall be done. Yeah. Amen? Because when two agree, it's done. When, uh, when we get into agreement on something, it's done. Right? But you have to become solid in yourself first. Even if you're already married, but you're not quite solid in yourself, you got to become solid in you. Right? You have to be unshakable. That's what building a solid foundation is about. That no matter the wind that comes, no matter the storm that comes, no matter the circumstances that comes, you are unshakable. Amen? So Matthew 7, it said, verse 24, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Everybody say, I'm wise. I'm wise. Come on now. Though the rain come... And the torrents and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on a bedrock. That's right, you can withstand a category five. <laughs> Come on now, we're Floridians. <laughs> but anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. That, everybody say, that's not me. That's not me. Because even if I got a crack in my foundation, I'm going to fix it. I'm fixing Amen? it. Amen? You're going to get solid as a rock. Yep. That's what God's taking you to. He's taking you to sinking sand to a solid foundation. Amen? You see how important the foundation is? But the foundation, like Pastor Nick is saying, has to be built on the Word. That means anything that, that you believe that isn't 
based on the word, you have to say, is that Jesus? Oh, no, that was the media. I ain't going to believe that no more. I'm going to believe what the word says. Amen? When the rain and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. I love reading the end of that because I, I know that when you are solid in your foundation, you carry a different authority. You walk different. You talk different. You, everything is different in your life. When you walk in the room, people just know that you carry this confidence. And they're like, that person's so confident. And it's not like one of those pride, arrogant confidence. It's a real confidence of authority that God gives you because your foundation is solid. You're unwavering. You don't move with what's new and what's, what's out, what's popular and what's not popular. You're just solid in who he is. Amen? Amen? And that's where God wants to move you to. He wants to make you solid. Because let me tell you what happens. A lot of times our house, our foundation has got those cracks in it. And I tell people this all the time. They're like, man, when I go to work, I get frustrated and this happens and I start to, you know, and I just think, I'm like, man, it's because your foundation isn't solid. You got to crack somewhere in your foundation and you need to get in your word and you got to, you got to build your foundation because work shouldn't move you. Those who speak about you shouldn't move you. The circumstances of today, it's great, but tomorrow I've got a, I've got, I've, I'm, I'm facing a trial should not move you. Because your faith is so strong in him that you know that this is just for a moment. That this storm is just for a minute, but the rain and sun, the sunshine's about to come out. My blessing is sitting on the other side of this storm. Right? And you start seeing the good in it, and you're like, oh, okay. You know what? I needed that storm in my life because it needed to blow some things away. It needed to prune some branches off my tree. God teaches you. So now you look different because your, your foundation is so solid that you see the good in every single circumstance. You see the way. You see the plan. You see everything that God's got for you. So what God wants to take you from is that your, your house is so solid that no matter what environment you're in, you don't sink. I go to a family reunion, I'm not sinking up in that thing, all that drama. My house is solid. I go to work. Oh, no, I don't sink up in the drama. I, I just go up. I keep prospering because I'm a hard worker, and I just do what the Bible tells me to do. And guess what? Everything I set my hand to prospers. And that business owner likes me because I work for, I work for him. But really what I'm doing is I'm working for the Lord. And because I work for the Lord, everything I set my hands to prospers. Amen? So that, that's my solid foundation. Mm portion that's my practical but it's good it is good so and I'm believing that you guys are going to be moving from to be so solid that no matter where you go you don't sink and you know what's a good a good uh, um while you're training your children when you see they sink in certain areas you have to teach them while they're under your roof to get solid so when they're, they're outside of your roof they stand solid 
Give me an example of that. An example of that? In what way? Now, you don't have to point names out, but just <laughs> give an example of a situation, how you train and how you turn that around. Okay. Okay. I mean, our life's a fishbowl, right? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, you know, you see certain things in your kids, like when... Um, our kids were younger. I'll use this as an example. And um, they couldn't get along. I would make them go in the room together until they got along. Because they need to understand what it is to compromise and, and change themselves and change their own heart so that they can get along with others. Amen. And it starts at home first. Right? So if I can teach them how to correct their own heart and do what's right, even when the other doesn't want to do what's right, they'll know how to do that when they leave my home. Because there's always going to be someone who don't like you. It's just the truth, right? So you need to learn how to forgive quickly. You need to learn how to correct your heart. And no matter if the other person is willing to love you or not, you're going to stand in love. I've had some hard lessons with my kids. Paige decided to brag one time over, oh, I got Snack Shack money. That little girl got her Snack Shack money that she was begging for for the rest of the month. Until I knew her heart was corrected. And I say, Mommy is going to do this and until I know your heart's corrected. And I'm going to know by the way you talk and the way you speak and the way that what's coming out of your heart. So I have to teach you how to do this now so that when you're later on, you understand that you're blessed. The difference between blessed and spoiled is your attitude. Your kids can have everything in the world. You can give them all the, all the things that they need. But if their attitude is not good and grateful, they're spoiled. That means you got to pull it back and say, uh-uh, I'm going to pull this back right now. Until I know that your heart is in the right place. Because you're not supposed to forget the Lord your God who blesses you. And right now you have forgotten. And if I don't teach you that the blessing that comes from mommy is, is, uh, is worth it, then when you start getting blessed by the Lord, you're going to become spoiled in the same manner. If you can't respect your father now, you're not going to respect your heavenly father when he speaks. These are some lessons that they learn. And sometimes you don't have to work it out for your kids. I don't do fair. I put my kids in situations where it's purposely unfair. I'm going to bless you today, and you ain't getting blessed. <laughs> so you can pick a toy, and you can pick a piece of candy, and your sister and your brother is going to watch you eat it. And they're going to have to be happy for you. Because when they're blessed, you got to be happy for them. Because that's how life is. One gets a blessing, and then the next one gets a blessing. So these are strategies that the Lord has each time he'll give you all the strategies to raise your children. But anytime you see something in them that doesn't line up with how God operates, you have to train them into that. And, and not just give them the word, but help them understand it. It's called, yes, and then God, he just gives you strategies for everything. And, la I mean, last year... Paige went through like a six-month thing where the Lord said, move from discipline to counsel. This is where you need to hear the word of the Lord. But once you're, once you're 
foundation becomes solid and you can obey the written word, he starts speaking to you all the other little strategies you need. But first you gotta, first you gotta make this priority. Then, you, then it will open up and unlock him speaking to you. And he said, you need to move from discipline to counsel. And I said, what does that look like? You know? Before I'd be like, hell no, you ain't going to that party. <laughs> I was born, but not yesterday. I know what these parents do. They be drinking with their children and smoking pot with their kids. And they just be like, give me the keys. And sometimes they forget the keys. And then somebody's going to be trying. You know, that. <laughs> that's how it was. You know what I'm saying? So she turns 18 and the Lord said, switch. And I said, what? I can't tell her. She can't do something. I said, so then I had to be like, well, if you're going to choose to go to the party, remember what comes with the party. Now you got the Holy Spirit in you. Are you going to choose what's right? And there was moments she chose right and there was moments she chose wrong. And I had to love her through that process and pick her up and say, now, baby, you learn from one or two ways, wisdom or pain. Which way will you go? And you know what happened? The Lord said, if you don't allow her to do it now, she's going to step out and she's going to rebel when she's not under your roof. So why don't let her just have a little rebellion now so that you can help her before she steps out? And you know what? God's changed everything. He said she's going to choose what's right at the end of the day. And she's going to be set ablaze and she's going to be set on fire. And she will have no compromise left in her life. And today it's a testimony that she has no compromise in her life. And she chose it. Because I can't choose her salvation at the end of the day. She has to choose her salvation at the end of the day. She has to choose to build her life on the solid. Amen? So, yeah. So good. You know, what's really important is that when you see cracks in your kids' foundations, that you have to counteract with the opposite thing. When they're stingy and they won't share, then you don't just say, okay, go to your room and enjoy it by yourself. No, you have to have them do the opposite of what they're struggling with to break through. I remember, you know that scripture that says, bless your enemies? Right? I was thinking about that this morning, actually. They, you know, I realize what that scripture means today more than ever before. There was, a, there was a pastor that, he just rubbed me the wrong way. You know, he was a little arrogant and whatever. And I knew him. And he just, it was just weird. It was weird. I just had this thing in my heart against the guy. It was just like, I don't like that guy. So the Lord said to me, give him your watch. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't like this guy. And the watch wasn't anything special either. You know what I mean? And he had some really nice watches. And mine wasn't on the level of what he had. So I even felt like if I give him this watch, I know he doesn't have what I have. But I feel stupid giving it to him because he's got way better watches. And so the Lord was really just pressing on me to do it. And so I did it. I, I took the watch, cleaned it up, and gave him the, the, everything with it. And what it did was it broke my attitude that I had against him. 
See, when you have somebody that you have an issue with in your heart, if you'll bless them, it'll break your attitude. And the, we have a good relationship now. But I had to overcome that, that perception that I had of him that was wrong. And the Lord wanted me to see him through his eyes and to become friends with him. But I had this division in me. And the way that the Lord had me break it was to bless him with something. And it shifted my whole attitude. That whole thing lifted off me. So your enemy, you can have somebody attack you. And your heart is bound by what they've done to you. But if you'll bless them, it'll break that thing off you. Yeah, these are foundations that we live by. And you have to learn these foundations so that you can live by them. And everything, not only will you become unshakable, but your children's children's children will become unshakable. It will last from generation to generation to generation. We talk about generational curses, but what about generational blessings? And you can have all of the blessings that the Word of God has to offer, and you can pass them down from generation to generation to generation. Amen? Amen. Uh, Matthew 12, 22 through 28. And this is a story where they attack Jesus. Jesus casts out a demon from somebody, and then they say, well, he's casting out devils through the power of the devil. And this is Jesus' response in verse 25. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And so a very important part of having a solid foundation is that you cannot be divided against yourself. Look at the person next to you and tell them you cannot be divided against yourself. What does that look like? When you don't have a relationship with God, there is already a division in your life. And because you don't have that relationship with the Lord, you don't, you're not really secure in your identity. And when you don't know who you are on the inside, there's a battle that goes on in the inside of you about who you are, why you're here, what the, your purpose for life is. And when you don't have that settled on the inside of you, you're constantly shifted and moved by what you see around you. If you're not solid on the inside about who you are, then the outside moves your life. Right? And we never want circumstances, money in the bank account, the friends you have, what you see through the media to be the influence that moves you. What needs to move you is, is your identity, who you are in God, who you are in Christ. And when you know who you are and you know what you're called to do and there is no war between your head and your heart, then you're solid on the inside. And when you have that confidence on the inside, then you can step boldly out and do things. Another thing that brings division bet between you and yourself is sin. Anytime that you sin, anytime that you rebel against the word of God, you immediately feel guilty. Guilt brings condemnation. Condemnation brings judgment. So you feel like you're a bad person. You can never get anything right. Uh, God hates you. You deserve to be punished. Uh, my life will never be blessed. That whole Way of thinking happens when you're living in a sin lifestyle. A lifestyle that is in rebellion to how God's designed you to live. And when you come to the place where you clean that out of your life, there's a peace that comes in you. 
and there's a joy that comes in you, and that sin separates you from this communication you have from the Lord. And when you clean out your judgments, when you clean out all your mistakes and stuff, there's an openness. So when you pray, you can actually hear God's voice. And every person from the beginning, you saw man in the garden. He had an open communication and he had a relationship with the Lord. And you will read it at some point. In Genesis chapter 3, the enemy comes in to bring division between God and man. See, the enemy's plan, say this, say the enemy's plan is to divide and destroy. That's his plan. That's his, that's his whole concept. Whenever the enemy wants to bring destruction, he brings division. And the way he brings division is through deception. That's why you have to guard your heart with all diligence. So when you get deceived, then you'll do things that you're not supposed to do, which will bring division, which will cause your life to be destroyed. And because man disobeyed God in the garden, they were put out of the Garden of Eden, all the provision and the blessing of the Lord. And so if we're going to have a solid foundation, we have to repent, we have to return to God, and we have to return to the foundations in His Word. And if we'll come back to this foundation and we'll build our lives on the teaching of God and you make this the standard for your life, God will sort out all these things so that you can be confident in who you are and what you're called to do. And I want to add to that real quick because we're talking about relationship because the difference between religion and relationship is its rules. Religion is I'm going to try just to obey all the rules relationship is I'm going to get in the presence of God and he's going to tell me like, yes, it's time to get this rid of this out of your life. I want you to, to, to turn away from that and sin no more. He speaks to you. And through that relationship, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to be set free from that thing. You understand if you are just trying to do all the rules, then you'll find yourself that you're, you're forgetting to get into the presence of the God get get in the presence of God and when you're not in the presence of God you're not talking to him all the time you're not you're not spending time with him then what happens is you're just trying to follow all the rules and eventually you decide I don't want to follow these rules anymore I'm it's just going to rebel it's too hard because you don't have that holy spirit that gives you the power to overcome that thing so it's very important that you switch from rules to relationship and through that, he's going to move on your heart because you can't just keep up with the rule, with all of the rules. You actually have to have a heart transformation in order to get set free from that thing. Amen. So then you come to God and say, God, I'm not set free. I'm still struggling with this, even though I'm not doing it. I'm, my thoughts are there. It's in me, God, and I don't know how to get rid of it. Teach me, Lord, how to get rid of this. You see the difference? So that he can give you the power to get rid of it. It doesn't matter that you go to the cross ten times. It doesn't matter that you have to go to, go to the Lord a hundred times to get rid of it. Because it's the relationship. And he peels layer off of layer off of layer till one day you're like, oh my goodness, I haven't gotten angry in a really long time. I'm set free. Amen? It's good. James chapter 1, James 1 verse 19, understand this my brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Yeah. Human anger 
does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Say the word of God has the power to save my soul, to transform me and to change me into God's image. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Imagine that. Somebody else tricks you. Somebody else fools you. We just read in the book of Matthew that you can't just be a hearer of the word. You have to be a doer. If you hear the teachings of Jesus and you do them, you build your life on a solid foundation. Here, James is saying exactly the same thing. Don't just be a hearer of the word. You can come to church. You can hear everything we're talking about. But if you don't take what the principles you're given and apply them to your life, it won't work for you. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself. You walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says... And don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Amen. And so our encouragement to you today is we want to see you build on a solid foundation. And maybe many of you in this place already on a solid foundation. But we want to remind you not to walk away from these foundations, to stay on the right path. Those of you who might not be on this path, it's good for you to hear so that you can understand that if you want the blessing of God in your life, this is how you do it. Yeah, we want to show you how to get blessed, how to get divine increase on every side. So that it's not just somebody up here screaming, oh, divine increase on every side. And it's like, yeah. But then you have no idea how to walk into the blessing God has for you. And so we want to practically show you how to take the wisdom and help you understand it so you can apply it so it can produce for you. Amen. Verse 5 in that same, in that same chapter says, If you need wisdom, we all need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as the wave of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they're unstable in everything that they do. So if you want to be unstable which is a shaky foundation, which is sand, then be divided between the, what the world says and what God says, and then by your own opinion, choose the way you want to go. That's, that's, a, that's a foundation that will bring destruction. And you need to set it in your heart from today forward, that if the Word of God says it, that settles it, and I will change my thinking to line up with the Word of God microphone my loyalty lies with him not him him right <laughs> that at the end of the day we will stand before God alone to give an account for our lives that's one of the foundations we have kickstart 
which is a foundations course where we lay foundations for building a solid life, how to grow in the Spirit in your relationship with the Lord. If you don't have the foundations laid in you, then there are cracks in your foundation and things don't go right for you. You don't know why things are not coming together like other people. It's because there's pieces missing. And we want to help fill those pieces in so that you're solid on every side. You know, we don't want you tossed to and fro by things. You know, when, when you are in self in certain areas, people can push those buttons. The enemy will send people along your way to find that button and push it to get a reaction out of you. And we don't want anybody to control us, especially not the devil, right? And what does the enemy want? The enemy wants to come and push that button to get you to lose it so that he can get you into that place where you feel, I've messed up, I'm no good, I thought I was better. And then other people will tell you, I thought you were a Christian, but look how you're behaving. And you can get into a pit where you can stay stuck for weeks and not know how to get out of that thing. And we want you living in freedom. We want you living in authority over your circumstances. That no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does, no matter what goes wrong, you are solid. You trust God. You know God is coming through. You're living by this word. You're seeking first the kingdom. He's adding all things unto you. When you pray, you know God hears. You know there's no separation between you and the Lord. You're getting principles from the Word of God that you're applying in your relationship with your wife and how to raise and train your kids and how to deal with people outside of the house. You're setting boundaries around your life, areas you say, I will not cross this line. I will not let my kids cross this line. You're crying out to God. God's giving you wisdom and strategies on how to move things forward. And there's no better place than being in the solid foundation, going from glory to glory to goodness to goodness. And it doesn't matter what season you're in. It doesn't matter what's happening in the economy. When you're in this place with God, you'll flourish no matter what. Amen. Yeah, boy. You want to add anything, babe? No, that's good. So two more scriptures and we're going to close. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 13. Solomon. Now, Solomon was, he had an encounter with the Lord. He got an importation of wisdom, the wisest man ever to live. He wrote Proverbs and he's got all his wisdom in here. One of the wealthiest kings that ever lived. He had 700 wives. Wow. He had that three, was a lot of women. He, he had 300 mistresses. He had 700 wives and 300 mistresses. That's a thousand women. You know that man (laughs) learned a lot of things. (laughs) I'm thinking one thing, you're thinking another thing. So the wives that he had, they were foreign princesses. They were Pharaoh's daughters. They were women of Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and the Hittites. These women led him into idol worship. Mm, see what women can do? She, but you better get into a solid one. <laughs> yes, baby. <laughs> and so God warned him about taking foreign women as wives. But they led him into worshiping idols, and he totally went off track. 
A guy who had an encounter with God was given the wisdom of God that built the temple for God. That when the queen of Sheba came to see his kingdom, she fainted because of the wealth and what she had seen. He had wisdom from God on how to discern situations and bring order and things. And he he got pulled away. And at the end of his life, he writes this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, 13, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion. This is his summary of his life. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. So whether you're male or female, this is it right here. Summed up. Fear God and obey his commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 19 and 20 it says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursing. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. So God calls on heaven and earth to witness your choices. So when you stand before God, there's going to be witnesses that can testify that you made that decision by your choice. We can never blame other people or blame God. It says, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your children might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, family, it's a commitment that you make to God. Amen. So let's stand this morning as we close. What I love is Pastors Mike and Selena are laying solid foundations for financial increase. And we want to lay solid foundations for relationships and um, how to, to have strong family relationships and how to run your households. Amen. And so... This is a season of tapping the wisdom of God, getting strategies from heaven, so that whatever is out of order, we can bring into order, right? But it starts with you making a decision. Nothing happens until you decide something. And when you decide that I am going to give my life wholeheartedly to God, and from this day forward, I'm going to live according to God's laws and commands, that I'm going to Put myself in a position that if God says it, I'm ready to change the way I think to line up with His Word. That's where it starts. And I know there's many people in here that have already made this decision. But as a family together here today, I want us all to make a decision. And we're going to pray together. And we're going to ask God to do something in this house, in this season, to bring all the adjustments he needs to bring, and to bring the increase that he wants to bring. At the end of the day, we want unity in your homes. We want unity between you and the Lord. Your house needs to be a place of peace. Let me say that again. Your home needs to be a sanctuary, a place of peace. Your house should have joy and laughter in it. It's your home. Your home is not supposed to be a place that you don't want to go to at the end of the day. You want to come to your home 
and you want to find a place of sanctuary and rest and joy and peace and fun with your family. And we're going into the holidays, you know, and we want to make sure that this holiday season with your family, that God's going to turn some things around where the enemy's trying to bring division and bring destruction in your relationships. We don't want your Christmas to be stressful. You don't need financial stress. Stuff is not that important. And the pressure that the world puts on you to perform certain things and to keep up with how the world is doing things, if you look behind the scenes, it's all dead. For, temporary, for a temporary thing so that you can fulfill something that you, know, you didn't feel like you were, you were lacking. And your kids are going to look at it and throw it away and go back to their device anyway. You getting socks for Christmas. That's what you need. (laughs) Amen. So I want every person to close their eyes. And I I want you to think about your relationship with the Lord. Where do you stand with God? Do you have open communication with the Lord? Do, Do you hear the voice of God? Are things right between you and the Lord? Because you can't live wrong and die right. Then I want to ask you, how things with you and yourself? Do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do you love your neighbors as you love yourself? What do you think about you? What are your thoughts about who you are? Are there divisions in your heart between yourself? Do you actually have peace in your heart with who you are? Do you, are you on a solid foundation? Do you know your purpose? Do you know why you're here? Is that settled in you? So with those questions being asked, the Lord knows every heart and every mind. Father, I thank you that you make us aware of the cracks where things are not solid, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would expose the things so that we can see clearly where adjustments need to be made. I want every person to lift your hands if you want to pray with me. We're going to make a solid new commitment to God. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you today. And I've heard your word, God. In the book of Deuteronomy and Ecclesiastes, you've commanded us to love you with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, to obey your commandments, to fear you, Lord, above all else, to put your word in the number one place in our lives. And today, God, I make the decision. I choose life. And I choose to live according to your word. From this day forward, your word 
will be the standard that I live by, that I make decisions by. From this day forward, God, I will take time to meditate on your word, to learn your commands, your decrees, your ways. And I ask you, Lord, to give me the grace to make the changes that I need to make in my life. I want my life on a solid foundation. I want my home to be a place of refuge, safety, peace, joy, and abundance. And I'm asking you, God, to forgive me for where I've been out of alignment. And I choose to forgive everyone else in my family, in my life, that has come against me in any way. And from this day forward, Lord God, I will walk in obedience to you. I will seek first the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you will make the adjustments in me personally, in my household, in my finances, in my job, in every area of my life, in my health, in my soul, mind, will, and emotions. I'm trusting you, God, with my life. And I ask you to lead me, to guide me, to teach me, to show me the way that I should go. And I thank you, Lord. From this day forward, I will only know your goodness and your increase in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? amen. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I ask you for wisdom. I ask you for wisdom, God, for my life and for my household. And I believe that I receive it by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a shout. Lift your hands. Now, Father, I bless your people. I bless them, Lord God. They have made a decision to put you first. And Father, because of the decision they've made, let your blessing come upon them, Lord God. Upon their lives personally and upon their households, Lord Father, wherever the enemy has come to bring division and destruction, I thank you that the enemy will be exposed and eradicated, Lord God. And Father, we declare that every household is solid, every household is strong, every household is blessed, every household is prospering, every household is healthy, every household only knows the goodness and the abundance of God. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, let it be unlocked and come upon your people. I declare that they will just know your goodness, God. This will be the greatest Christmas holiday season they've ever had in their lives, and they will see your goodness, Lord, on every side in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? amen. Give the Lord another praise. Yeah!